Welcome my guest into the spotlight this time around. He is the CEO of Fandemic and Fandemic Events. Please welcome uh, John Macaluso to the spotlight. John, uh, I'm glad we're finally getting to do this because we've been trying this for a while. We have? Yeah, we've been trying to line this up, I think, for like two weeks now. Yes, Ben, uh, you've been very patient with me. Thank you. No, I've been looking forward to talking talking to you about this because there's a lot of stuff I want to kind of bring up and and none of it bad. Like, obviously, I want to help promote Fandemic, which is coming in March. But I do have some questions about, you know, what it's like starting a convention and, and things. And like I'm that. ready for the good, bad and the ugly. So you, you rip them away. All right. Well, let's bring it then. So I know like when it comes to my background in conventions and things like that, I started you know, I started in, in college radio, which led me to Metropolitan, to DJing, to podcasting, which led me to press, events, pot, moderating, and now helping with Fandemic with programming. What what was the path that led you to this? I know you've worked with other conventions in the past, but now you're running your own. What's the background? What What's the path that led you to this point? Um, easy. I was a clothing manufacturer for uh, 40 years. I sold my company in 2008. Uh, my wife and kids uh, in the end of 2009 basically said to me, get the F out of the house. You're driving us all crazy. <laughs> so at the time, there was a gentleman I was an associate with said he asked me to come on to the, to the board of this publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. So I, have, I had no experience, never was on a board. My company was always privately held. And I said, sure, but I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, we had the first board meeting and basically at the end of the first board meeting, I asked a hundred questions. I thought they were going to fire me because I didn't understand what was happening. Um, it didn't make sense. The profits and the losses just didn't make sense. And they basically said, will you become the new CEO of the company? Oh, okay. (laughs) That was probably somewhere around March or April. I said, let me think about it. I went to a couple of shows. And I went to, and then I went to Chicago. I saw Chicago, and that really um, blew, blew blew my mind away. I really don't know much about the comic book business. I, as a kid, I was reading Archie and Jughead mm-hmm. and Superman, but it was all pretty basic stuff. And I told them that sure, I would become the CEO. I loved what I saw. It was exciting, and we were able the first year to. to turn three losing shows into three profitable shows. Starting the first show I ever did was in Ohio. We switched around the numbers. We added some great talent and the rest was history. And I think if I, if <clears throat> without mentioning the name of the, of the show, I don't know. Cause I don't know if you want to mention it or not. It was wizard world. Let me okay. help you out with that. It was wizard world. I was the CEO of wizard world for five years, the uh, five or six years, the uh, board of directors and I wanted to go down different paths um, I wanted to reduce the 27 shows to between eight and 12, and they wanted to do more shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, we didn't agree. Um, and I moved on, they moved on and that was it. 
and we kind of see, you know, where that led to with them currently right now with having the, no, we, we, we don't see that Ben. I pay no attention to them. I don't care what they do. I wish everyone good luck in the world, but I don't even know if you told me what they do today. I just don't care. Okay. Fair enough. So, so then where did the idea of pandemic come from? Once you left, so I got a phone call. I got a phone call from Norman and Jeff and they said to me, you know, these, these people at this other show, um, they don't know what's happening. Um, and they said, why don't you, why don't you come in and do your own walking dead shows? So at that time, um, I didn't, I never, I didn't think about opening up another company. Um, I did think about it, but I didn't put anything together. And once I knew that Norman and Jeff gave, gave me the idea and they were willing to get involved and be at the shows and things like that, I said, great. So, um, actually it was Norman Reedus who came up with the name Fandemic. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't even me, which is funny because it came up in 27, well, it's not funny, but it came up in 2017 and then the pandemic happened <laughs> yes. in 2020. And it was like, people said, oh my God, pandemic, pandemic, did you just come up? And it's like, no, that was in 2017. And the last thing that I would have wanted was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we, we started pandemic in 2017. We did a show in Houston. We did a show in Sacramento. Then we tried to do another show in Houston and we got rained out by the hurricane. And then we got had to cancel a pandemic show. And then we had to cancel another pandemic show. It was, it's, it's been like our own personal, you know, like, oh my God, please no more hurricanes, no more pandemics, no more bad weather. Let us, let us go do a show already. Yeah. Well, I mean, knock on wood, I hopefully would have would have guessed that we can't do anything worse than a pandemic. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, you know, hurricanes are one thing, but pandemic, this pandemic was pretty global. And hopefully it can't, I don't think it can get any worse than that. So come March, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I think you and I both feel the same no, way. No, as- no, ben, let me interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. Not, not pretty sure. Rain, sleet, snow, I don't care what it is. This pandemic show, March 18th, 19th, and 20th is happening. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you right now, it's happening. <laughs> I'm I'm so looking forward to the show. Like you have no idea. I can't wait um, for the show. But you mentioned, uh, you know, if this is something we'll we'll tread lightly on, only because there are so many different details out there that I don't even I don't know the full story. You mentioned, you know, working with Norman and in particular, and him saying this other show doesn't know what's happening that other show has kind of caused ripples throughout the convention. And listen, the show you're talking about is Walker Stalker. Okay. We are, we are not associated. Not associated. With Walker we are not associated with Walker. So I'll go on the record. We are not associated with Walker Stalker. Uh, we don't know what they did. We don't know if they um, owe people money. We don't know anything. It's not our company to judge. So mm-hmm. whatever, I hope they do the right thing. I hope the fans know the difference between pandemic and Walker Stalker. We have a um, a very, very good track record in the terms of, of legitimacy. We um, People in the industry trust us. The, the fans who have been coming to my shows trust me and our fantastic, wonderful staff. Um, so it was like, for example, when we had to cancel the show, we asked anybody if they wanted a refund, we refunded all the money within a couple of days. When we had to cancel the second show, whoever wanted a refund got their refund. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we run a very legitimate operation. Well, and that was one of the points I wanted to bring up too, was, you know, I've even I've seen online people making the comparisons. There's people that have made assumptions that, oh, this is just the same person, but in a, under a different name. And I, I even want to put it out there too, that even when you and I started discussions about bringing me on to help out, you not only are very upfront about everything, but you, you also carefully vet every staff member or and or volunteer that you're even bringing in to make sure everything is only up and up. Of course. With pandemic. How else do you run a legitimate company unless you ask questions? And yeah. listen, if there are some people from that other company that are legitimate, try to do the right thing, we would have no problem, you know, aligning ourselves with, with those particular individuals. I don't, I can't tell you today that we have anyone from any of those. Well, listen, that's not true. My old staff, that had worked for me and we've done over a hundred shows together. A bunch of them are coming and helping me with the pandemic, um, with the pandemic tour show and the pandemic dead show, because there's two shows. There is a dead show and there's a regular tour show that's going to be happening. There are going to be lots of great announcements. We just announced Stephen Amell. We announced James Marsters and some other, you know, high quality, great guests will be announced very shortly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so let's let's dive into the show in March then, because that's something that's really what I wanted to bring you on to talk about to help promote the show uh, and get a little bit of an insight. When the show was originally supposed to be in September, it was the Walking Dead themed pandemic dead. And now, you know, not only did you promise to bring the show when the show had to be postponed because of everything going on, we rescheduled for for March. And unlike other conventions that are out there, you know, that 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 rescheduled and are bringing just the same show at a later date. You not only promised to bring the show at a later date, but you promised to make it even bigger than people were anticipating. Yeah, I mean, is- our, our pre-sales for the Walking Dead show, um, or that, that's wrong to say, the, for the pandemic Dead show have been off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my, my um, allegiance and alliance to the fan base, which has not only been a a dead show, but has also been a tour show. So people who have come to my shows know that we have those connections with the, with the dead and also have lots of connections with current um, and old time shows, movies, you know, etc. So we want this show to blow up. We, we want this to be a 20, 25,000 person show. We just took double the space. Um, and we are from the staff on down. We are so friggin' excited to do the show, and we're gonna get try and get some really powerful, powerful names. Yeah, I and I can I can attest to that excitement. Like I'm, I, I'm so I'm looking forward to coming down in March. I have a bunch of people that are gonna be coming down just to attend the show because you gotta get ready, Benny boy, because. Uh, there's going to be a lot of work for you. So you better buckle up. Oh, I'm trust me. I am more than ready to go. I've like, I, there's been times I've almost texted you and, and other people that we, that we, we work with on a weekly basis. I'm like, when are we going? Like, when are we getting started? Let's, let's do this. Let's get going. Um, whenever you want. So in addition to, you know, the guests and that we're bringing in for people to meet, I know because of, you know, the the show had to be postponed because of the pandemic and there were other issues in the background as well uh, related to what other issues in the background you're talking about. Um, Well, I mean, there's it, it never came out from from, you know, you, but there were rumors that were out there about the reasons why. 
one of the reasons why was because of of uh, of AMC. It wasn't even you or a pandemic in particular, but there were. Oh, you're talking about the reasons for postponing the show. Yes, yes. Well, listen. Um, the, the, you know, I heard lots of rumors as well um, for the safety of our staff, for the safety of our um, attendees, for the safety of our actors. Mm-hmm. The overwhelming um, decision was to postpone the show. And the, um, and the response online. Was, whether it was AMC, whether it was the celebrities, whether it was me and the staff. It, it just seemed like the right ethical thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the so, res- and the response online was overwhelmingly good about that too. A lot of people were were totally fine with the fact that the show was posted. I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy all of the time. So of course there were people that were upset. Um, but as you mentioned, anybody that did, that wanted a refund got the refund. There was no issues with that. And I'm one of the people that was actually once once you made the conscious decision to make the show even bigger. I was like, well, okay, that I'm totally on board with moving this to March. Yeah, listen, and quite frankly, from a business point of view, I need to do a show. I want to do a show. I want to go out and do this show. I want to do other shows. Um, So from a business standpoint, we've been on hold for the last two years. And, you know, dollars and cents wise, I want to do a show. Yeah, you're even more anxious than I am to get a show off, to get a show running. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Ben, you get to look at one section of the show i get to look at all the sections of the show so i can't tell you the excitement of the staff people you know texted me on a weekly basis the excitement for the celebrities to come you know i'm i'm hoping that there won't be a mask mandate at the time everyone is is um vaccinated and boosted uh so this way you know people could really get their full um their full enjoyment out of the show yeah that's that's been Nothing I've really been concerned about when it comes to pandemic, but that's kind of been something that's been a little disheartening. Anytime I see pictures from other cons are, you know, one of the things that's that's been really, really kind of a bummer for me is seeing all these people getting all these professional photo ops. But there's this sheet of plexiglass between the two of them. Like it almost just doesn't seem right, you know, for that to be. That I think that you need to change your perspective on that. Okay. Um, would you rather have a picture with a piece of plexiglass? Or would you not? Would you rather have no picture at all? That, oh no, no, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying it's not right or that it's something that shouldn't be done. I'm I'm just looking at it in a perspective that like I'm I'm glad people are still getting the photo ops, but I I can't wait for a day that we can go back to a state where that's not required. Of course, all of us feel the same way. You know, the, the, the reality of it is people want to get out of the house. Oh, yeah. People absolutely. want to go mingle with people. You know, I was always fascinated when I went to my first show. I got very upset at my staff who does line registration, that does um, admittance into the show where you pick up your tickets, uh, registration. I got very upset. I said, why are these people waiting online? Why? I mean, how come no one's doing anything about it? And then so I would go onto the lines and I, and I found out and I realized people don't mind. People like being with people of like mind mm-hmm. and people that would get there at six in the morning, three hours before the show would even open just to sit and talk with buddies and friends. And that, then I got it. We still want to always keep the line moving and we, we always try and accommodate the fans. But 
we realized that that first initial gathering, for lack of better words, was was part of the enjoyment of coming to a con. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I totally get that, too. Like, as I mentioned, I have people coming out. I had like two or three people that were flying into Atlanta to go to the show in September. And then when the show got moved to March, I had even more people that were part of this group of friends saying like, oh, well, now I have more time to plan my trip. And now I'm coming out. So that group of like three or four people that were originally coming in September are now about 10 to 15 that are coming out in September. They've all organized their Airbnbs and hotel rooms and everything. And they're making a full weekend of it just so we can all like hang out and, and everybody can enjoy the show. You might as well tell everyone up front, you're not going to have any time to hang out. Trust me. I've told them that I've told them. I was like, if, if you see me at all, it'll probably be either on stage walking hectically through the floor or after the show is already over for the night. Cause it's funny when you, when you say talking about on stage, you know, I'm very excited that you're going to be hosting some of the panels and stuff. Um, we've had, we've had great hosts. We've had interviewers and we've had some not so great interviewers. So we have, we have people that went up there to interview people and only talked about themselves for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody really gives a crap about the interview. Everybody wants to hear what the celebrity has to say. That's why you see people like Bruce Campbell. You see people like John Barrowman that don't want anybody up on stage. They handle it themselves. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I'm, And you know what? I'm right there with you. And, you know, I've I'm the same way. Like I've I've been moderating for about five or six years now and I do enjoy it. But you're absolutely right. The moderator is simply the go-between of the audience and the guest. Like that's all they're meant to be. They're not meant to be, you know, ask some follow-up questions, things like that. And yes, I I do plan to be on stage a couple times throughout the event because I, I want to share the experience with some of the guests that we have coming too. But in addition to myself, because I know I'm going to be busy, you know as well as I do, our friend Victor is coming in. You know, I just like shout out to Victor. Shout out to Victor. Victor's the best. I can't wait to work with him again. Um, but just like you vet your staff for that, I vetted a couple people that I'm bringing in as moderators who I know will get the job done. And by the way, good good to hear for the first time on this interview. What's that? That Uh, I vetted people coming in for the show. Glad to hear it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I, you know, I we haven't had had that discussion yet, so I'm happy that you have. Okay. Yeah. I, cause I want to make this show. You're fired, fired. Ben. You're fired. <laughs> you hear, you heard it here first. I got fired on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, what, you know, it, I'm trying to think what, what's the evolution of pandemic? Like what we know what it is now, what it's going to be in March. What's the ultimate plan? Is there any difference or do you just want to, is your plan just to do the best show you can every time it comes around? So it's always my plan. My, my, my plan is always to do the best show. Um, what is the plan for pandemic? People are uh, hounding us to come around the country. Um, we don't know what we're going to do yet because we have to get a show under our belt, mm-hmm. um, have, have all of the pandemic stuff behind us. You know, it's very, listen, it's very expensive to cancel a show midstream. So you, you lose all your PR money, you lose all your advertising money. There are hotels that are just terrible to work with and other hotels who are great to work with. You have convention centers who are tough. You have convention centers that really want to be your partners. Um, you have plane fares that you have to cancel and you can't get your money back. So to us, let's get on with the show. Yeah. 
So, and then we'll see what we'll, we'll see where we're going. We have a bunch of uh, locations and convention centers lined up around the country for the end of the year, um, and that we'll we'll announce as we get closer to the show if we're going to move forward with them. Awesome. Uh, so, on a personal note, you know, you you said it earlier. I only see a part of it. You see the whole thing. On a personal note, from your perspective, what's your favorite part of the convention? Is it just getting the people in the door? Is it the panels? Do you like meeting the guests? Like, what's your personal favorite part? Um, watching the enjoyment that the fans have with their friends, mm-hmm. families, uh, watching the enjoyment that people have with the celebrities. I mean, I've seen people cry. I've seen people faint. I've seen people drop to their knees. Um, I, I've, I've seen it all with the celebrities. And then, you know, there are some celebrities who are just absolutely magnanimous with, with the fans that go above and beyond the call of duty to see, to see the, you know, the big guns in the industry work with the disabled and work with the handicap and give, um, extra moments to make a wish and things like that. It's really, it warms your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you, you even mentioned a couple already that I know fill in that fall in that category. I know I've worked with, we, you mentioned, you just announced Stephen Amell. I've worked with Stephen in the past and Stephen is a great guest to have. Norman is amazing to his fans. Bruce Campbell is great to his fans. Like there's just, I, I see it that the whole, just bringing people together and seeing happy faces. That's, I agree with that. You uh, one final point that really, really come down to it is taking a private jet with like Hemsworth and <laughs> and you know that whole group of uh, people and just having so much fun on the plane. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, if that... my, 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 I'm all about the fans. We have a motto with the company: take care of the fan, take care of the fan, and take care of the fan. Yeah, and that's and that's absolutely the way it should be. Uh, one final question, and then we'll get we'll put out the information on how people can find out more about Fandemic and get tickets. Um, you've brought in both working with Wizard World and Fandemic. You've brought in a number of huge guests to both shows. Who's the dream guest? Who's the one person you haven't got but you would love to? Robert Downey. That's okay. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, Downey would be amazing. Those are the those are the two guys that we've put in. Monster offers for offered them private jets. Um, those those are the two top dogs that I would love to see come to a show and just blow up a show. And you would, yeah, you would blow up the convention world, yeah. basically booking either one of those two. That'd be amazing. I mean, you know, we we we've you know, you know, Hemsworth and and Tom Hiddleston. All those guys, they're unbelievable. I mean, Chris is just like a world-class guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's like Norman and Jeff. They are regular dudes. Um, there's so many. I have met, made so many close friends. Um, and the good guys are still the good guys. Mm-hmm. And the good good women, too. I mean, we, we've we brought in some, some great, unbelievably talented, smart female guests that the, the fans have just gone crazy for. And it's really, uh, it's really very nice to see that the world is getting to be more of a 50, 50 place, men and women, both sharing the same, you know, spotlight, enjoying you know the same type of pay. 
um, quality is a good thing. Yeah. I am <clears throat> highly anticipating Fandemic Dead and Fandemic Tour coming in March. Uh, March 18th, 19th, and 20th of beginning of next year, 2022, Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta. Tickets are still available as our photo ops and autographs. Everything's available at fandemictour.com. John, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Um, I can't wait to to work with you in March, even before March, but you know, work with you in person in March and every, all the rest of the great staff of Fandemic. I'm, I, I can't wait, but uh, thank you. For you know, that, so um, we are, let's see, um, December, January, February, we're, four, we're, we're just about four months out from the show. You'll be doing a lot more work with us, you know, come real shortly. The The staff is now gearing up because you need a good, you know, four and a half months mm-hmm. to uh, put time and attention into a show. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. Uh I mean, we're so excited to get the show going. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, give us this shout out. And you're you're nice. You're a nice, as I would always say, because I'm 65 years old, you're a nice kid, Ben. <laughs> I'm not so much a kid. I'm going to be 42 next Tuesday. So it's okay. not. You're a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm still. I've, I'm a kid. At you don't look 42, so, so that's good. I appreciate that. Uh, but I'm glad we finally got to do this, John. Thanks so much. Me too. <laughs> right. Thanks, Ben.